Welcome to the Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. My name is Hoi Chen Bui. I'm a USA Today contributor and a pop culture journalist in DC. And we're finally back all together again, joined by... I'm Anya Crittenden, associate editor at The Tracking Board. And I'm Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the DC area. Okay, guys, so we're all back together, and it's the end of the summer, and we've got a topic to discuss, and that's underrated media. Underrated pop culture uh, items that happened during the summer that we probably either we mentioned or no one really saw um, that we liked, and other things that happened this summer. So, what do you guys got? Um, Anya, why don't you go first? Oh, goodness. Okay. Um... Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I think for me, um, I it was a lot of underrated movies, I think, this year that mm-hmm. I just really wish more people had seen um, and appreciated rather than kind of the lackluster blockbusters that we got this year, which we can talk about later. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, I have like a, just a small list of movies that I wish people had seen, um, and they are... Uh, pop star, never stop, never stopping. Mm-hmm. The Lonely Island film, which made like no money, it made, no like, one saw. Two dollars, and one of those dollars was mine. Yes, um, I'm pretty. I think it made under ten million. Um, yeah. It was only in theaters for two weeks. No way, yeah, really? Just sad. Yeah, by the time that we were gonna, the three of us, when we were in DC, when we were gonna see it, it had been out for only two weeks, and it wasn't available that Friday. That's... Like it was out for a week, and then. And then, like, yeah, hmm. barely anything, barely any uh, screen time. It bumped me out because it was, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I really, I thought it was really entertaining, so. Same. Um, and then the other ones are more independent films. So I get that they don't expect to have kind of a large box office as it is. They're not in as many theaters. They're not as, as accessible. Um, but they're really great films and they got good reviews and, I hope more people see them in the future, and that would be um, a bigger splash with Ray Fiennes and Tilda Swinton. Um, Love and Friendship, the Jane Austen film that came out mm. in May or so, um, and then The Lobster with Colin Farrell, and the documentary Wiener, which we all saw in DC together. Mm. Yeah. It was such a great movie. That surprised me um, pleasantly. It was so great, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and it was it wasn't playing in a lot of theaters. It was playing in theaters like the E Street Cinema, mm-hmm. exactly. So that, and I and I think it'll be on Showtime because I think it's a Showtime documentary. So once it's out on 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 demand and um, Showtime's like a streaming service, hopefully more people see it. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, these movies aren't as accessible as it is. Like some people might have wanted to see them and just had no way of doing that because where they live, the theaters weren't showing them. And I totally get that. We've talked about this before, the way Hollywood limits access to certain movies. Um, mm-hmm. But hopefully, with some recommendations, people will seek them out because they are really great films. So I just kind of wish indie films got a little bit more attention this summer, I think. Mm-hmm. There was one. There was Swiss Army Man. I think that was the the one indie film of the, of the summer that got the most attention. Yeah, but, but I would argue that it... It didn't, it wasn't, it got attention because everyone was like, ah, the Daniel Radcliffe farting corpse movie, but, like, no one actually saw it. Mm Mm-hmm. I saw it, though. That was actually on my list. We saw saw it together. Yeah, we did. That's actually on my list. Um, I was going to agree with Anya. Like, I think that a lot of people were griping this year that the summer 
movie season has been really lackluster. And I agree to an extent because like the blockbusters are a lot, a barrage of sequels and franchise reboots that we never really asked for. So we saw like Independence Day Resurgence and um, I don't know, the second Ninja Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that I forgot even came out. But yeah, like yeah. a lot of people were just like, wow, this summer has been really bad for movies. But then people didn't even look at like again the indie movie circuit which had so many good original movies and so entertaining um and like i have i also have on my list the lobster uh swiss army man um love and friendship which i love so much um so great it was so good and yeah it's just like um people gripe about how there's no originality but there's originality there and yeah as much as we can say like oh indie movies are so good and people aren't really gonna go see them just because of our recommendation i still think that like yeah People should take those into account when talking about the movie summer season. Mm -hmm. I just remember Swiss Army Man getting a lot of news coverage mm -hmm. um, when it was coming out. Like I know that like Daniel Radcliffe and um, Paul Dano were on like all the, like the late night circuit, mm -hmm. and like there were a lot of like articles about this the Swiss Army Man movie. So I, in my head, it, it just seemed like it was a movie that was widely like it was the most widely known um indie movie but yeah like no one saw it yeah i mean the, i think the thing to think about is that like the lobster also got i would say a decent amount of attention because it had an interesting concept mm -hmm. but swiss army man got attention because of like a shtick yeah it's probably, like it yeah. didn't get attention because people were actually going to see it it made less than five million worldwide at the box office yeah people talked about and it the lobster and like made more than that yeah like I remember people talked about Swiss Army Man and laughed about it because of its absurdity. It was more kind of like the butt of a joke rather than actual film that people saw. Um, yeah. yeah, and I remember when I went to see The Lobster, like, the theater was packed. It was a full theater, and I was very surprised for, like, seeing, like, an indie movie theater having that many people in it. I think they were... Did you see it, like, the weekend it came out or a couple weeks in? I, like, when was your runtime? I think I did see it the weekend it came out, like, two days after it was released. Um, and, mm -hmm. but like, I was still surprised cause like I never see, we, I went to the East street uh, movie theater in DC and I never really see that movie theater packed and, um, right. yeah, people like of all ages and stuff. I do think they were trying, they were expecting to see another movie, um, than what was, uh, actually than what the lobster actually was, but I, it got a lot of like traction afterwards. Like it had legs, you know? Mm -hmm. I think it's lobster also legs. <laughs> uh. <laughs> lobster claws. Yeah. Um, I think it's also worth mentioning that, like, given where the three of us live, you two live in D.C., I live in L.A., we have more access than a lot of other people do to these indie films, mm -hmm. and so it's it's a hard thing to gauge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we should check we our a movie bit, privilege here. Yeah, our movie privilege. Yeah, because we do have a lot of privilege. Like, we have indie film, indie theaters all around us, mm -hmm. and we usually can see all the smaller films that come out. And mm -hmm. a lot of people in this country and worldwide don't really have that opportunity, at least to see it in theaters. Mm -hmm. um, and so we understand if you wanted to see something, but you couldn't. Mm -hmm. uh, but you could there's try always and see there's, Yeah, there's a lot of on-demand opportunities and, and video um, opportunities to see the movies that we've listed. I know The Lobster is on, is on uh, Blu-ray and DVD right now, and so is uh, a couple of the movies that I, I'll talk about on, on my list. So, Willby, what is your list? Okay, so my list is different than you guys. You guys mentioned The Lobster and Love and Friendship and, mm -hmm. like, other indie movies. Mine were more movies that I had been hoping got more traction than they did. 
um, mm. in the blockbuster. They, these are more mainstream movies. So I had Keanu, the Key and Peele movie. Yes. Um, Was that from this year? Out, it came out late April, early May. So like right oh. around the time of like Marvel Civil War and stuff. Um, so I saw, I saw that. I really liked it. The cat was so cute. It was such a funny movie. I was really disappointed that it didn't do well at the box office. Um, I, so along those same lines, I've got Popstar. We talked about this earlier in the podcast. Um, then there's, uh, The Nice Guys, uh, oh. which had come out mid-May. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was on, it had got a lot of, um, like advertising, gone through on the tv on there were like four different trailers but then it no one saw it and Mm -hmm. i we saw it and i liked it a lot but um i kind of wish that more people had luckily it's on blu-ray and dvd now so to all you all you folks out there i recommend the nice guys um by shane black who directed iron man 3 kiss kiss bang bang he wrote the lethal weapon movie um, he wrote Iron Man 3 and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Like, he's, it's just, he's just a, a great filmmaker that I hope everyone gets to see The Nice Guys. I know. I really love The Nice Guys. That was actually on my list, too, but I forgot to mention it. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think it's another sign of just, like, it was, it seemed very much like a mid-budget action movie. I mean, and that's it, what it is. Yeah, it was. And, like, there aren't a lot of mid-budget movies anymore. We talked about this previously on, like, our rom-com episode. Um, but, like, mid-budget movies, like, don't make as much money as the blockbusters do, but I feel like they, I feel, I want them to have a comeback because the nice guys was so good and so funny. And, um, it got a lot of great critical praise too. And I thought it would also have more, um, buzz around it as well. Cause I remember they were doing Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling were doing, um, viral marketing for it. They did like a little video series of like mm-hmm. therapy sessions, which were hilarious. So I think and they were banking on it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's, you've got Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe, both excellent actors who have been in major motion pictures with a lot of money and Oscar behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell Crowe, isn't he an Oscar winner? Like, I think he won for A Beautiful Mind, right? Yeah, or mm-hmm. Gladiator. One of those, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, um, I so you don't think, think that he a movie, won for Gladiator. You, you would think that a movie directed by the guy who did Iron Man 3, starring Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling would get more traction mm-hmm. um and it, the trailers were not they were very good trailers mm-hmm. um they kind of told a lot of, of the plot but i think you kind of have to with a movie like that um you kind of have to and but it had a great sense of tone to it and that's that tone to the trailer and we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago matched the tone of the movie mm-hmm. yeah the nice guys was just like it was my kind of movie it was a neo-noir kind of fighting satire almost it was very funny i don't think anya you haven't seen it yet have you yeah i was gonna say i feel bad because all these movies that willoughby that you're mentioning other than pop star are movies that i wanted to see but never got around to like keanu and the nice guys i wanted to see both of them but life just got away from me and before i knew it they were out of theaters well all three are on blu-ray and on demand yeah i'm gonna I, i will have to check them out also side note he won for gladiator Okay, glad. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Nice. Okay. Yeah, he was nominated for a beautiful mind, but um, one for Gladiator. Okay. Um, and so I've got those on my list. I've also got um, All the Way, uh, which is HBO's adaptation of the play by the same name. Uh, it's Brian Cranston as Lyndon B. Johnson on his 1964 mm. uh, re- election campaign, not re-election because he was never elected before that. 
Um, it was it was very much a play in movie fo- form, but it was still great. Anthony Mackie was Martin Luther King, and I thought he did a great job. Um, Brian Cranston was he knocked it out of the park as LBJ, and it makes sense because he had played LBJ on stage. Um, so he was really into character by the time he got to the HBO adaptation of it. So he he really had the character down. And Brian Cranston is just I will watch anything that man does. He is a phenomenal comedy and dramatic mm-hmm. actor. Um, and he can play both at the same time so well. Um, and I, I, I want him to EGOT. I think Brian Cranston could EGOT. Um, and then um, the last thing on my list is uh, Bo Burnham's comedy special came out on Netflix. Yes, so good. Um, Did he have a second one? Yeah. I he didn't had, um, he He's had two specials now that have been like, quote unquote, Netflix original um, comedy specials. A lot of comedians have that that type of thing now. It's he's on sorry has had a couple of Netflix um, comedy specials. Bo Burnham is such a great performer. He constructs and deconstructs at the same time. Like that man knows how to subvert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his his comedy special, the most his most recent one, was so powerful in emotional ways, but also very funny at the same time. Uh, he's very much evolved his stand up from his like YouTube. 2007 days um it's much more mature and much more refined and also like really like on the nose he'd really kind of he had this amazing breakdown of the lip sync battle tv show um and he kind of just deconstructed it and he, he talked about how like the guys will always do uh female songs and the girls will always do some rap song um and it i kind of can't watch lip sync battle now because he kind of broke that mold oh, i'm like oh true. shit so huh. I, it kind of he he broke enter, a piece of entertainment for me that I can't like watch without realizing it now, you know. Yeah, did I did I tell you guys that Bo Bo Burnham was my first celebrity interview? Really? I, I yeah, I, knew, I, I think I knew that. Yeah, yeah. I remember because I was like really excited about it when um, we were friends back then. I I interviewed him in college for my college newspaper, mm-hmm. and I was like. I was really excited and telling Willoughby about it back when it happened. But yeah, he's he's really chill. Like I remember talking to him. It was a phone interview, and he's just like he's a very dry, uh, both sense of humor and also his when he speaks, it sounds like he's kind of being sarcastic the entire time. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, he was he was really nice. He's sweet and like he's he had a lot great. of insight too. Yeah. Like I think he was what he's twenty eight now, twenty nine. I have no idea. Yeah, he's in his mid to late twenties, but he's incre- he's like a genius. I'm sure yeah. he's on like the on like he could get a genius grant or like a yeah. MacArthur genius yeah. grant. Like that man Really? He's so smart. Like mm-hmm. his like his comedy is so smart in that the fact that you can watch like three different times and get different different layers out of it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um so, my roommate and I finished season six of Parks and Rec last night, so we just saw him as Chip. Oh yeah, I he forgot he was up. in there. He just oh my showed god! Up. Yeah, it's so great. And he was like that, like country singer who's like dad's his manager and he keeps yelling at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anticipate my needs. I love that line. <laughs> it's so great. Um, so I funny. wanted to say I feel like I feel like Willoughby. I feel like All the Way came out at the wrong time. How do you? And mean? I feel like that's why I didn't get any attention. Um, I know I didn't like it that much. Um. I didn't, I just, I didn't think it was that great, but, like, I feel like it was interesting because David Oyelowo was still so, like, vibrant in my mind as, um, Martin Luther King, and Anthony Mackie just paled in comparison to me, 
That's like true. for me, and I think that it was like it was, it he was, was really just, great in Selma. Yeah, and I don't think Anthony Mackie was that great in all the way, to be honest. Um, Brian Cranston was brilliant, but I have this, it's weird, I have this still this very spoiled taste in my mouth from Trumbo and how terrible Trumbo was. And I was like, I don't want to see you as another historical figure, Brian Cranston. I can't do it. <laughs> um, well, maybe, and I just, maybe it's good that I didn't see Trumbo because I... Oh my god, I Trumbo was so I, bad. In my opinion, I per- I personally liked all the way. I thought, you know... But I feel I think, like it just came out at the wrong time. I feel like I feel like there were just... I feel like there were things stacked against it uh-huh. in ways yeah. like when, when it came out in the fall. When it I came agree out, with you, Anya. Yeah, I feel like when it yeah, came I out think... and it just, it was kind of set up to not succeed as, a, as much as it could have. Yeah, I think people still hadn't forgotten like how great <laughs> Selma was and how bad um, uh, Trumbo was. It was just kind of like, yeah, it was like, it had come out too soon. If it had come out, like, this fall, for example, then maybe it would be a little better. But, like, I think play- playing two historical figures in a row might have been a bad choice for Brian Cranston. But then he did play Lyndon B. Lyndon B. Johnson on stage, so... Right. Well, he, he was he, better as LBJ than he was as Trumbo, but, like, I was mm-hmm. still just, like, eh, like, I'm not... And I guess, I guess HBO was interesting confirmation... I haven't seen confirmation yet, but I really want to... But I feel mm. like there were just all these things that had come out that were so great and all the way just kind of just got hidden. Yeah, and just kind of went out with a whimper. Mm. I mean, and I think I mean we've that's what we're talking about is movies that movies and TV shows that kind of were swept under under the rug. And I think all the way was, and I think that if it had come out maybe in the fall, that it would have gotten more attention to it because I think the I will agree that the overall movie was not like perfect it was kind of middling but i think brian cranston's performance really saved it and really brought elevated it to something that if it had been any any other actor as mm-hmm. lyndon johnson it would not have done as well um it critically in, in my personal opinion um, yeah and that's why i think that it deserves more attention just for brian cranston's performance yeah so let's talk a little bit about um alternative media uh, HBO and also Netflix, for example, are churning out some really great content and things that I think overshadow some of a lot of the movies and TV shows that we've been seeing from like the the more kind of mainstream studios and and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but like also at the same time, because there's so much great content coming out, we don't have time to watch any of this. Like I haven't seen all the way, which I feel bad about. I haven't seen any, a lot of the HBO shows or like mini series that have come out. I really want to see the night of, I've heard great things about it. And um, I can't, I keep seeing Riz Ahmed popping up in random movies and TV series. I'm like, I like you. I want to see the night of because like, I like, I like what's, what you're doing. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's just like a lot of things that I want to see. Um, I think Netflix has been on its game, a game this year. Like um, Stranger Things, I have to mention, even though it is not under the radar, it's like it, it has definitely become like the talking point of the summer. Right. It's definitely like if you had to pick out like one thing from the summer that everyone watched, I think Stranger Things would be it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like the other things that has picked up, like The Little Prince, is definitely an underrated. Um, little movie that was just gorgeous. Yes. I actually just watched it yesterday. It's um, finally. so beautiful, right? It is. I, I mean, like, I have an affection for it because, like, I mean, we all do because we all grew up reading it, and I just, like, I love it so much. I 
am considering actually if I do get a, my next tattoo, I would consider getting a little prince tattoo because I just like I adore it and it's um, so it really. I know it really touched my heart as a as a kid. I have both like the English and French versions, and the movie was good. Like I do agree that the second part of the movie like a little is a little bit weak yeah. with like the original story, and I couldn't tell for a long time if it was like metaphorical journey she was going through or if it was just like actually happening. And I don't know if I prefer it either way. I don't know. I don't um, think you're supposed to know. Yeah, which is good. I just didn't know like which inter- interpretation I liked better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really gorgeous. The animation is beautiful. Like, those kind of things, especially, like, animation, those those types of movies um, tend to be swept under the radar because um, there's just so much good stuff happening. Um, do, you ha- do you guys have anything from, like, alternative media, streaming sites, uh, Hulu, Netflix, HBO, that you guys really want to highlight for I do want to say summer? it's interesting that Netflix... Um, because <clears throat> I think Stranger Things is definitely the dominating force. I'm still in the middle of watching it, so uh, no spoilers, <laughs> please. Um, <laughs> um, there are but, Stranger Things happening in that town. <clears throat> what? Oh my god. Um, I, I do think it's interesting how Orange is the New Black came and went in like the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. And that's true. no one is talking about it anymore. Um, and and then, I, think, I think the same thing could be said for like a lot of older Netflix shows. Um, they come out and they, everyone watches it and then it just goes away. But I feel like this yeah. season of Orange is the Black was like unusually quick. Like I feel I like know. it I, went I haven't, faster I haven't than seen it. Anything, anything since season two, so. Yeah, I, I didn't finish this season because I just wasn't interested anymore. Like, it's interesting a lot, of people, a lot of people kept saying that it was one of the best seasons of the show. And mm-hmm. I stopped halfway through and I just haven't picked it up again because I just don't have any inclination. But... I just, I feel like it came and went with the controversial death. I don't know who it is who died, but it came and went with some sort of death at the end, some controversial death, and people were, like, angry about that, and then, like, it went. And I know Netflix shows come and go quickly because they are binge-watched, but I feel like this one just went by unusually quickly, and it Mm -hmm. has typically been one of Netflix's better-reviewed series. It's still its number one show. It's still number one in terms of, like, views yeah according to netflix anyways i don't know how their model really is but no like one does. orange is the new black is still number one um and stranger things as of now is number two yeah yeah and which is i i, I think that that shows like the difference between like the older and the newer shows um mm-hmm. that when i remember when house of cards first came out everyone talked about it for a long time including like well into season two and then seasons three and four have gone by and no one really like eat EW will do their re- like you know their recap over the weekend and then it kind of no one else talks about it. Well, I and think I it's think because it's, three was bad. It's not though. a good show anymore. Well, that, yeah. that could be that, that. Yeah, um, that could be said. But I think that other shows, I think it, it's interesting how you know which which ones will take off and which ones won't, and like mm-hmm. how a show that was really good that became that becomes middling just kind of disappears from the entire atmosphere of the internet and like pop culture Mm -hmm. media like we're talking about stranger things a month after a month and a half after it had already been released um it's only eight episodes it's only it's not even like a a classic 12 episode 13 episode season of like prestige television or 22 episodes of like regular cable television it's just eight episodes um Mm -hmm. and it has taken over like the the media the, the pop culture 
Uh, uh, Zeitgeist. The word? Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. That's the word. Um, longer than anything else this summer. Yeah, it's like it's the a, it's the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just wondering, like, will Netflix, will Stranger Things season two have the same grasp on the Zeitgeist that season one did, or will it be like eventual like uh, other just movies petering out, petering out like other uh, television shows? Because I feel like that's that's a show that Netflix won't let go of for a long time yeah well i mean as they shouldn't yeah because but yeah. we said that about house of cards too and now it's season four i mean season four was good but it wasn't great yeah uh, i have hope for stranger things because i just i love the show and the character so much but i do i am a little bit wary about them doing a second season as a sequel mm-hmm. because i think the story like is so tight in the first season and um it would the show itself would be served better as an anthology series, just like have a really tight, well-told story each season. But the characters are so good, so I can understand them wanting to stick with those characters. So, other are there any other TV shows that you guys watched during the summer instead of like going to the movies? Um, Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> I'm not. Are you a kidding. convert, Anya? Are you a ba- a bachelor con- a bachelor convert? I think I might be. Oh my um, god! <laughs> it is so the whole stereotype of drinking wine and watching those shows and like laughing at how absurd they are is real. Oh my god! That is real. My roommate and I drink wine and watch it, and it is highly entertaining because it is so manipulated, and so edited, so well edited. Oh my god! Whoever their editor is is incredible. Um, it's so absurd. I told myself I would never become this person. <laughs> it's and funny yet. that you mentioned, like, The Bachelor and The Bachelor in Paradise, because uh, Unreal was definitely um, interesting this season. I need to watch Unreal. That is on my list. I think watching Bachelor in Paradise, you would really enjoy the first season of Unreal. The second season kind of went off the rails. Like, after making such, like, biting commentary in the first season, they kind of tried to one-up themselves and do throw in twists after twists and, like, death I've after death. I've heard season two is not as good. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a little bit more... It's not a... It's, if, if Unreal was an A, I'd say Unreal season two was, like, a B plus. Uh, I call it a C, honestly. I was very disappointed. Mm-hmm. They tried to, like, tackle some racial issues, too, that I thought they did really clumsily, so... Yeah, that was not good. But yeah. I, 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 I'm ho- I liked it. I liked yeah. the season overall, but it was I, not as good as I the probably first. will still. Yeah. I probably still will, like, continue watching it, because, like, a lot of shows, a lot of great shows have um, second season or, like, early season stumbles. So it's not, like, an indicator of how good the show will be from now on so here's hoping and I, yeah. I really like Constance Zimmer I think uh, I think she found a great role that could be mm-hmm. like her probably her defining role um, mm-hmm. as a character actress yeah Constance Zimmer and Sherry Appleby are so amazing in it like the cast is great like the writing is usually great if they're not trying to like try so hard um, but yeah I think Anya Watching Bachelor in Paradise and kind of seeing the more dramatized other side of that on Unreal, I think you would really enjoy that experience. Especially because you talked about how, like, about the editing and, like, the behind the scenes of Bachelor in Paradise, which is all Mm -hmm. what Unreal is. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's on my list to watch. I just have five million things on my list to watch 
Mm-hmm. So where's the time? And fall TV's about to hit, and I'm like overwhelmed because I'm like, oh, there's too much to watch. This is what I mean. It's just like peak TV is too much for me. Peak, yeah, peak TV is too much. It's um, kind of. You guys. I don't. I don't know why you guys are griping about it. I love it. I love having too I, much to watch. But the, I have no time, Willoughby. I but, have, you, you have to make time. You can time travel. Get a time terminator. You know. Um, that is not kind of a tangent works. from. Kind of a tangent from our topic, I want to complain a little bit about how summer TV this season has been a little bit disappointing for me. So, like, Unreal and Mr. Robot were one of the brightest spots of 2015 summer season in terms of TV. It was like, suddenly summer TV was serious again, and it was really good, and, like, was telling these really great, um, really incisive stories. And then the second seasons of both those shows were kind of disappointing this season. Um, I don't really know what's up. I, like... It might have been just like some sort of 2016 summer curse, but um, I was a little disappointed in like what I was looking forward to the most for the summer, honestly. Yeah, I was looking forward to Mr. Robot season two because I'd watched season one. Um, I caught up with it at the end of when uh, that that shooting in Virginia happened and they had to yeah. um, delay the final episode. I had been uh, catching up with it at that time and then I watched the finale when it aired. So I, and I really liked that first season, and I was really excited for season two. I bought the Blu-ray for season one and rewatched it ahead of the premiere, and I've been really struggling to get through it. I've I've had to kind of take it a couple episodes at a time. I haven't been able to watch it like once a week, um, and I think it's I think it might have to do with uh, the fact that um, they had put so much episode into one episode there was a like every, the first four or five episodes were longer than the uh standard cable television episode length it was like 50 it was mm-hmm. like full hours instead of 44 minutes um and usually for hbo and other shows like that that works um but this was a show going from 44 minutes to an hour and i think that that kind of stretched stretched the limit creatively um yeah and i think like the one of the big problems for this season like in addition to that or, like, maybe part of that problem is that a lot of the season is taking place kind of in Elliot's head. Yeah. It's very, like, internal conflict. It's very, ang- like, very anxiety-inducing. So having, like, 55 minutes ep- episodes of, like, Elliot being very anxious and battling with his inner demons is not necessarily good TV. It's maybe for, like, an episode, but for the entire season to hinge on that. It's just, like, it's not moving anything forward. And at the same time, it's just kind of, like... It's just hard to watch. Well, that's the thing is that it's so much is happening internally with Elliot, and then there's this, and mm-hmm. there's all the other plots that have been going on that Il- Elliot has no interaction with, and it's really, mm-hmm. um, it's not edited. Isolating. It's, it's very isolating, and it's not very well edited because you'll go like 15, 20 minutes just with Elliot and Mr. Robot, and maybe Craig Robinson, and then it. it cuts harshly to whatever Darlene is doing, whatever Angela is doing, whatever, um, you know, any of the other characters are doing. And it, you're just kind of wondering where, how all of this is going to fit and get back together. Cause everyone is so like stranded in their own storylines. They're not really crossing over a lot. I think, I think that's a perfect summary what I mean. of what's wrong with it. This is what I mean by peak TV. You guys, there's so mm. much to wade through. And, there is. and it's such a, and I think the thing with PTV is that there's such a social aspect to it. And like one of Get my big pressure, problems yeah. is like, oh, everyone is talking about it. So like, I need to watch it. And then I feel this pressure to watch mm-hmm. something. And mm-hmm. I'm getting to a point now where I'm like, 
life is too short to watch something I don't want to watch. Which is why I haven't gone back to Orange is the New Black. Because I was like, I'm not interested anymore. Like, I'm not inclined to watch anymore. And, like, I don't need to. <laughs> life is yeah. too short and there's too much TV to wade through to, like, spend time watching something that I'm not actively enjoying. And I think... I agree Yeah, with that. there's just so much. And so I'm like, I'm just gonna say screw society and watch what I want. <laughs> F society, you might say. Yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> F society. Ha ha um, ha. Yes. Uh, I, think, I think one victim to peak TV... Um, and I think I'm not I'm not sure how well received the show was, but Preacher by um, AMC and Seth Rogen. Stop it! That show was um, so bad. I and heard. I watched I watched the first three or four episodes. Could not get into it, and I think it was just because it was another antihero white guy AMC show that I loved. Mad Men. I loved Breaking Bad, and I think those were the only two shows that they could do with that. And then now every other AMC show is is like the same exact model. So what's um, interesting is that I watched like the first. I think six episodes of Preacher, and then I was like, this is so boring, I have no interest in this, I don't care. My roommate committed and watched the entire season to finish it out, and I saw part of the finale with her. The finale had some incredible moments, and I was like, why wasn't the first season this? And, it was and so that's, frustrating. That's what I don't like, that's my like a, a big qualm I have with modern television is the notion that, oh, it gets good by episode eight. Mm-hmm. Oh, it gets good by episode 12. Yeah, like, I no, I want that. it to be good by episode one. I think we can blame a lot of that on Netflix too. Cause like they really enjoy doing that slow build and they're like, oh yeah, just if you stick around, then it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, it's like, like I heard that, that that's what happens with like bloodline mm-hmm. or sense eight yeah. and other Netflix shows like that. And I'm like, no, cause I need it. I, you know, like you guys said, there's a lot of time. There's like a lot of television right now, and if it's not going to, you know, enthusiastically welcome me into open arms in episode one, I'm I'm going to close the door on mm-hmm. it. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's why another plug for Stranger Things. Stranger Things did so well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just grabs you immediately. Um. So yeah, is there any other? We kind of have tangent, like sub kind of traveled into just talking about peak tv but yeah um anything else like in movies or in tv that you guys want to like highlight you guys may be disappointed with this summer and because of that you turn to like these underrated things um this came out in february so it does not fit our criteria Mm -hmm. but i don't care because everyone (laughs) needs to go watch pride and prejudice and zombies right now (laughs) Did that come out in February? Was it really February? Yeah, it came out the same weekend as Hail Caesar, because I remember I saw a double screening of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Hail Caesar, and Pride and that, Prejudice yeah. and Zombie was the superior film. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, so Man, it, came, it, it came out in the season where movies go to die. Yeah, I remember that. That Except makes for sense for Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. But, it does. But, so, like, it makes sense that, like, no one saw it. But now is the time, friends. Go enjoy this ridiculous fun movie you will not regret it that's all i wanted to say (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i'd say in i don't have anything specific but i think that uh netflix and hulu and amazon have been doing a really good job of like just bringing shows that have been like like shows that you might have missed on like first run of but they've brought it onto their um their streaming services I uh, can't really think of anything specific. The only, like, one thing is, like, Star Trek. 
they have all like Netflix and Hulu has like all every episode of Star Trek ever um, of like every season, series and season. We talked about Star Trek a couple weeks ago, but you know, um, I can think of a specific reason, specific example. Which one? Sailor Moon, the original '90s animated anime. Oh my! So gosh. they have the entirety of it in the original Japanese, um, and they also have a new English dub that is not like the cut censored version that we got for on our tv so it's like down and dirty lesbian overtones all that fun stuff so that entirety thing and that's not that's not sailor moon crystal right no it's the original sailor moon and it's all there it's like yeah a new dub where they just kind of they translate it it, exactly as it is and they don't try to censor it and that's it's pretty good i mean like i've Probably, I've watched a couple of the episodes of the new dub, but I might just go back to watching it in the Japanese version, because, like, sometimes the jokes translate better there. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's it's all there, guys, in case you guys want to watch it. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So, those are our recommendations for what you should watch from the summer, now that summer is ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in case you missed it. <laughs> in case you missed it. I, I see. Um, why am I? Why, yes, that's what it is. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that, oh my gosh. Ick me. <laughs> oh no, I think we need to stop now. <laughs> In case All right. you missed it, friends. In case you missed it. Alrighty. The summer Let's of 2016. Let's move on. Exactly. Ick me 2016. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think that's a, the episode title, guys. Wait, no, 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 no. No, it has to be Ick me 2K16. Oh, oh of gosh. course, of course. Why would it be 2016? It has to be 2K. Duh. 2K. Why 2K? All right, oh guys. Gosh. Guys, let's I'm still preparing for Y2K. <laughs> let's okay. move on to the last segment of our episode. I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. All right, Willoughby, why don't you start us off for this week? Right. What do you really like this week? Uh, so this thing I really, really like came out, uh, five minutes before we started recording. It is, uh, Team Thor. It is the three minute and 30 second video that they showed at Comic-Con of what was Thor during, what was Thor doing during Marvel Civil War. Um, and it's this great little, like, uh, uh, what we do in the shadows office, uh, you know, like mockumentary type of uh video about basically what thor was doing and it turns out he got a flat in new zealand and was just partying out with this guy named daryl and he met up with bruce banner um and he he has this like conspiracy board of what the infinity stones are and it's really cute and really funny it's like all hand-drawn um and it's just thor is wearing like surfer um shorts and like a hawaiian shirt uh, and he's got a little like oh man guys he, this sounds amazing oh my god you guys get done watching it after we're, we're done recording you guys have to go watch this. oh i'm definitely i've been waiting for this to be released online so i am Same. so excited right now i like that this is just basically the plot of what we do in the shadows but with thor <laughs> that's what it is and i love it because taika waititi is doing both movies he and is perfect he, he brought that um uh, style to him, and I guess an ancillary. What I really like this week is I watched the first season of Flight of the Concords on HBO. Yes, uh, I love it. Music is so good, um, and so I'm really. Wait, had you Taika seen White. it before? I had seen the first couple episodes, um, and I was oh. planning. I had been planning to like 
marathon it for years and I because I'd watched those first episodes but I just I just decided to I had free time and I decided to go just watch it straight through um I know there's Which another makes me season so happy I have to watch it but basically whatever Taika Waititi is doing I'm really liking this week speaking of um something we may have included if I had seen this he recently came out with a movie this summer called Hunt for the Wilder People which apparently yes. is really good it, yeah uh, I wanted to see like, it it was a huge mm-hmm. box office success in New Zealand mm-hmm. um and it recently just got released, I think, in um, indie theaters here and select yeah, theaters here. Yeah, it's been out for like a month now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, it's, and I think it's available for pre-order, like, on demand pretty soon. So. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Taika Waititi. Yep. Nice. And uh, specifically Team Thor and Flight of the Concords. Amazing. <sighs> yep. I'm so excited for Thor Ragnarok now. Same, oh, same. It's going to be so great being the tech <laughs> yep. All right. Um, I'll go next. My really, really like for this week is uh, another K-pop thing, but it's not really because it is CL, who is a former mem- well, a member of 2NE1, girl group. Uh, she recently released her U.S. debut. It's called Lifted. It's um, It samples Wu-Tang Clan's Method Man, and it actually has a cameo from, from Method Man in there. It's actually a really good song. It's kind of like reggae, uh, kind of sampling of 90s hip-hop, and it's it's really fun. I'm excited for CL. Uh, her music video is shot, in, is shot in New York, and it was just released last week, um, last Friday, I think. And so, yeah. Everyone, check out CL because she may be finally breaking into the U.S. music industry. And I'm excited for her because she's super hot and, I, and she has hair goals. And I just want I want her to be successful. Uh, she's a rapper, by the way. So her music video is mostly like her rapping. Um, I have hopes that she won't become like this year's Iggy Azalea because of like the problems of breaking into, like, the hip-hop industry in the U.S. and kind of being under that sphere now. Um, Hopefully that won't be the case, but she is really talented, and I hope you guys will listen to her single, because it is great. Awesome. We'll have to check her out. Yeah, please do. (laughs) All right, so I have two things. One is very minor, and one is on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of scale. So, the minor thing... I'm just very happy because Netflix has picked up Galavant. Not I saw for new this. not for like new stuff, but they picked up the first two seasons to stream okay. and so I'm I'm hoping that that means that there might be like a relationship cultivating or something. I just haven't given up yet. <laughs> and I will never give up on my little musical show that could. Even if the lead character never comes back, which would be fine, to be honest, because he was never the most popular character anyway, so it's okay. The show is called Gallivant, and he's Gallivant, right? Yes, but, I mean, everyone's favorite character is King Richard. Okay. Um, Also, and Joshua Sass is on the new CW show, but also, like, Gallivant is his last name, so you could introduce a family member of the Gallivant (laughs) clan and still call it Gallivant. I've seen that... They could make it work. I've seen the trailer for that new show that he's starring in. I don't think that has legs. Really? Um, I think it looks really cute. I'm excited to watch it. It looks more like a good movie than a good TV show. Um, but I think What show is this again? It's called No Tomorrow. And it's basically, um, he's like a hippie who believes that the world is ending. Like, 
soon. And so he meets this girl who I think she's the main character of the show. And she's like, not sure if he's crazy or not. And they kind of get together and like, and basically like living like there's no tomorrow. Um, so I don't know how long that show can last with its premise, but, uh, see, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be good. Well, we'll just have to see. I trust the CW right now. No, I, I mean, I'm not like, like shitting on the CW. I think they're doing great, but I just think that show in particular, um, I just don't see it lasting. Yeah. We'll see. But regardless, I don't think Galvant needs Joshua Sassy to return to continue. Um, mm. And I'm not sure Galvant will ever continue, but maybe, hopefully. Cross fingers for Anya. Hopes. <laughs> oh, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll be telling everybody I told you so when Gal- Galvant returns, you know. <laughs> I hope so. Be shouting um, it from the rooftops. One. Yeah. Yes. Um, I love that that uh, that person posted on our Facebook wall about a Gallivant t-shirt for me. Yeah. Did you get it? I, I haven't ordered it yet, no, but I just thought that was cute. It made me happy. Shout out to John Irons. He's my former co-worker who posted that t-shirt, so. Nice. Shout out yeah. to you. Thanks. You're awesome. Thanks. Um, but the bigger one, the bigger really like, is that I am going to grad school this week. Yay! It starts! Um, I will be getting a master's in mass comm and journalism, and I had my orientation yesterday morning, and my first class is on Tuesday, and I am just very excited and very nervous. Do you have that warm back-to-school feeling? I do. Walking on the college campus yesterday for orientation, I was just, like, so happy. Oh, I miss school. I'm a little academic nerd. You should tell what college campus that was. Yes. Specifically in movie terms. So I, I'll be going to CSUN, which is California State University, Northridge. Um, and the library at CSUN is used in the new Star Trek movies as, like, the main building of Starfleet. So in the first film, when Kirk and Bones are walking down the steps in their cadet uniforms, and it's when, like, Kirk is first telling Bones about the Kobayashi Maru and stuff, um, they're walking down the steps. It's the steps of the library at CSUN. That's super uh, cool. I'm going you go to, to school at Starfleet. Wait, Anya, that's that sounds like perfect. It's like full circle for you. It's super great. I'm quite excited. Um, I bought myself a Gryffindor planner as like a little treat for myself. Aww. And it's super great. It says it's the divination planner because it's the art of foreseeing the future. Mm-hmm. Ah, I like it. <laughs> and it's the Gryffindor edition. So I'm like geeking out and I'm like I love it like I got into grad school and I was like I'm gonna treat myself to a planner <laughs> oh man don't go well, no, too no. crazy Anya <laughs> when, my, when my sister got into law school she got a a pink pen like Elle Woods did when she got into Harvard Amazing. that's so cute oh my god so it's the little things it is that is fantastic so yeah so I'm very much looking forward to grad school I'm kind of terrified but I'm also excited congratulations yes. and good luck to Anya I'm Thank so you. I'm, I'm sure so... you'll be getting updates from me. Yeah, I'm really envious that you're going back to school because I really miss taking classes. I miss academia. Right? Which, <laughs> preview for <laughs> our next episode, like... guys. Preview for our next episode, by the way, guys. It might be about Ooh. back to school. Mm. Ah. Secret. secret. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. All right. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on things you saw over the summer that you thought were underrated or that more people should have seen, Definitely come let us know. We're always happy to check out new recommendations, too. Um, 
if you guys have listened to CL, or if you guys do, definitely come let HT know. She will definitely want your thoughts. Yes. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and what would be what was yours again? I'm completely Taika blind. Taika Waititi stuff. And, oh my gosh. Uh, it's literally, I Thor. pulled up the Thor short. It's like sitting in front of me. <laughs> I'm, like, so excited for this, Willoughby. Thank you so much. I know. Thanks for telling me about it. I'm so excited to watch I it. I, I looked. I, like, refreshed Twitter, like, right before we, we went online, and I looked, and it said, like, t- Entertainment Weekly had, like, their article about it. I'm like, no, I gotta watch this now. Wait, I is know. This, I'm, I'm so excited. Is this the same thing that was shown at Comic-Con? Do we know? Yes. It's the exact okay. same Oh, my God. I'm so excited. So good. So if you guys are also as excited about that as we are, come freak out with us. If you guys are excited about gallivanting on Netflix, or if you guys are going to grad school, anything like that, just come chat with us. We always love to talk. Yes. And Don't be afraid. where can they come talk with us, Willoughby? You can find us on Facebook uh, if you search for us there in the search bar. Um, we're on Twitter at Falcon Podcast. We have a blog, millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com. We're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes and Google Play, where you can rate, review, and subscribe to us there. Um, and where can they find you guys? You can find me at htranbui on Twitter. You can find me at Anya Crittenton on Twitter. And you can find me at Willoughby Dobbs on Twitter. All right. Thank you for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.